Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. My name is Marty Plum, and I am your host of a Pen and a Napkin podcast, the weekly coaching clinic that you can carry around with you in your pocket. Welcome to a new concept that I'm going to give a shot here this week. And let me say, before we even get started with these, I would love some feedback and let me know what you think. Uh, what we're going to try here is quick hitters. Um, so essentially, the concept is I'm going to talk to five or six coaches here in 10, 15, 20 minute segments. And we're just going to talk, we're just going to zero in on one topic that they're going to talk about with us. And we're just going to get a bunch of opinions out there and a bunch of philosophies and a bunch of ideas out there all in one singular podcast. So I have five lined up right now and I'm recording this part before I record any of them. And uh, so hopefully five and maybe a sixth here that will be part of this quick hitter spot. So like I said, please be sure to let me know uh, what you think of this. If you think it's really, really good, if you think it stinks, I'm okay with that as well. Uh, so we are going to start out with our first guest here in just a second. Hitters Volume 1 here, and my first guest on our Quick Hitters Volume 1 here is Jeff Steinus, the assistant boys basketball coach at Ames High School in Ames, Iowa, and I got a hold of Jeff. We've kind of communicated back and forth a little bit the last year, year and a half or so, and I saw something on the Twitter here, and he did this on a, you did this on the Iowa BCA podcast as well, didn't you, Jeff? Yes, I did. Okay. Uh, so... Uh, from the Department of Redundancy Department, but it looks so good that I, I thought, hey, if, if you're not listening to mine, here you go. Uh, here, or if you if you're if you're if you haven't listened to mine, or if you're not listening to the Iowa BCA one and you're listening to mine, uh, this is a great way to recap it. So uh, Jeff has three really really good forms, and I am a sucker. I mean, a sucker for a good form. And Jeff's form had to do with. Uh, the scouting of the other team's offensive repertoire, skills, personnel, that type of stuff, his in-game chart, and then his post-game chart. And what we're going to talk about here today is his in-game and post-game. We all have kind of our philosophy on on scouting and that type of thing, uh, but I was really fascinated by the in-game and the post-game chart. Uh, so, Jeff, I'm just going to turn it over to you and let you talk, and if I've got any questions or anything to add, I'll just jump in. All right. Well, thank you, first of all, Marty, for having me. Um, it's a pleasure. I'm a huge podcast person, and I, I love listening to your to your podcast, so this is an honor to be on here. Um, I guess I'll kind of start at the beginning. Coach Downs, um, our head coach at Ames High, gives all of us uh, assistants uh, a responsibility during the game. Um, my job is to try to track, uh, possession-wise, both offense and defensively, the results. Um, I will actually post this document, um, or, or you could post this document on, on Twitter. Um, but it, 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 we have four of these per game. So typically one each quarter. And, uh, the way this works is, um, we start off with a possession. Let's say we're on offense and, um, we, 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 we try to score fast. Uh, we're a team that likes to play in transition, but if we don't, then we typically have either an action or a set play call. 
And I will jot that that call name down. And then from there, we look at the results. Um, did we score a basket? Did we have a turnover? Did it lead to a, um, a, a, a bad play? Whatever you want to call it. But um, I'll, ch- I'll chart that down. And then next to that, um, I have four specific grading points that I use. Um, I kind of got this idea from a former Iowa uh, Wolves coach. Mm-hmm. Um we, we break down the court into, into four different places. We call the, the paint the house. We call outside the paint, but inside the three, the yard. We call the three, the fence. And then if we get to the free throw line, we call that the porch. So let's say we run play special. So I've jot that down. And we have a shot from one of those four areas. I would jot that down. I'd even jot even the player's name down. Or excuse me, the player's number down. And then we're looking for a result. Was it a shot? Was it a made shot? Missed shot? Was it a turnover? Whatever. And uh, we do that for the for the length of the quarter. Now, mm-hmm. if we get an offensive rebound, I basically take that possession or that name, and I just put a, 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 a line through it, and maybe we scored off an offensive rebound. You know, so at the end of the game, we can go back and kind of track. You know, hey, how many times do we score off our offensive rebounds? How many times did we score on play six? How many times did we? Scoring transition, mm-hmm. yada yada yada. Yep. And then I flip around and I kind of do the same thing similarly to when we're on defense. You know, mm-hmm. did they score in transition? Did they score a two point basket? Did they score a three point basket? Did they score off a foul? And then we just track that throughout. Now, defensively, or speaking defensively, um, we're really big on a stops, which most coaches are. Sure. Um, but we, we we track this for a few number of years as we look at what we call kills or some people might call them turkeys, three stops in a row. Mm-hmm. And we found out through just doing this, um, you know, high school typically play in a 32-minute game. I know, like, UConn has, has jumped on board with trying to get kills. Xavier's really big. They actually post theirs on their scoreboard now. But we found if we get four to six kills per game, we win about 85% of those games. Mm-hmm. And our kids, we, 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 we tell the kids those numbers at halftime and at the end of the game. I actually took kind of the idea from Xavier. We start posting it on our um, equipment room door and in our film room, and we post it on Twitter as well on our on our Twitter site for for our Ames basketball. So kids have kind of bought into getting those kills, and then we've taken it a step further. Um, after tracking those kills, we're looking at what we call SDQs. We want to try to keep that opponent under ten points or nine points uh, per quarter, and we do that for the length of the game. Now, the guy that sits next to me, he, he's even working twice as hard as I am because he's tracking uh, the number of paint touches our opponent's getting, whether it's on the bounce, whether it's on the pass. He's asking me at halftime, hey, how many turnovers did we have? Uh, what's our per- percent loss of ball? Um, do we talk together and talk about transition, what we've given up and what we've given to the other team? So. There's a lot of different numbers being thrown around, but at the end of the day, we're just trying to put um, put a point value of to what we're doing. You know, are we running efficient offense? Are we playing? Are we getting back in defense? And, 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 and to that extent, mm-hmm. and so again, we'll track that, we'll track that for every single quarter, and then obviously, if there's an overtime, we'll, we'll throw another sheet out there. Sure. So you're like Dunder Mifflin Paper Company every game night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes, we are. <laughs> so, um, what are uh, you know? What are some challenges to keeping track of things like this? Is it just pace of play? Do you kind of get caught up in the coaching 
part of things. Uh, you know, how do you balance trying to help your head coach while keeping an accurate tally or as accurate as possible a tally? What would be some of the challenges to this? Um, I think that's the beauty of having a very diverse staff. Again, mm-hmm. I sit right next to a guy who's also doing some charting. Mm-hmm. So we're constantly communicating between the two of us. But this stuff is of value to Coach Downs. So, mm-hmm. you know, maybe we have a break and play, a timeout, or, you know, a halftime, or end of the quarter, and he'll go to us going, hey, what are we doing that's really, you know, what, what's something you see we're doing really well? Maybe we ran play red uh, 14 times, throughout the course of the half and we've scored six of those times or you know whatever but we're not just writing stuff to write it down we want to write stuff down or to to make note of it so it's valuable so we can relate it from either our coach coaching staff or to our players you know maybe i don't know maybe we we, we, we've been really lucky in transition hey then we want to want to push the, the pace of play um, one thing we do in our, in our program is we put a lot of stock in transition defense. Uh, mm-hmm. We found out a few years ago we had a very above-average team, and we held a real, uh, uh, one of our really good opponents. They were the third-best team in the state. They were ranked third, and we beat them that night, giving up zero transition points. Wow. So we put a lot of stock into it, and we use this stuff then after the game's over to give a report and then to push it towards the next opponent or the next practice. Gotcha. So a lot of this stuff is it, it, it's just not – we're just not jotted down just to you know to, to record. We're we're using it for 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 a piece of information that we that we think can help our team be successful. You talked about um, getting the four to six kills a game. Yep. Um, and you win about eighty percent of the time when you do that. Yeah. What are some other uh, analytics that you've been able to to draw out of this that has been uh like oh wow you know i kind of knew that but this really you know uh this data really backs up the theory of what we're trying to drive home with our kids that's a phenomenal question marty um one thing i it really struck me about three years ago i started breaking down these point point places are plotting the different places on the floor where we shoot from and i'm awestruck at how the game has really changed Mm mm-hmm Free throws and layup and threes, they're really, I mean, if you sit down and you track a, a really good high school game, you'll be amazed at the limited number of shots from the yard. That's that point from outside the paint and inside the three. Yeah, Kids really aren't shooting them anymore. Mm-hmm. And we really taken value. We, we feel we got a pretty good team and we have a pretty special player on our team um, that played for USA Basketball. But what we found through this research is most of the kids that shoot those shots are the better players for the other teams. Hmm. Rarely do you see yeah. some of the middle line or bottom players shooting those shots because they're just really not that valuable uh-huh. unless you make them. Yeah. You know, so that's one of the things that's really stuck out. And then, of course, that transition stuff, um, getting back on D. You know, Ames is pretty fortunate. we got a couple guys in the NBA, and we've gotten to watch those guys, whether it's preseason. Um, and a lot of times those guys have been lucky enough to play in postseason teams. But one thing we figured out, Marty, is that at the higher levels, they're sending four, sometimes five guys back in transition. Yep. And if you look at high level, high level college basketball, they're sending anywhere between four and two guys back. Mm-hmm. So we've really made it made it a, a point of emphasis. Most of the time, we're going to send three back because we're going to say this. And I heard um, Stan Van Gundy at at, at, a, at the IBCA coaches clinic say one time, he's like, you know, you put stock into what you put stock in and you, you value what you know what you want to emphasize and we've just made the decision going, Hey, we're not gonna get back we're we're not gonna get beat back in transition. 
So we might not get a ton of offensive rebounds, mm-hmm. but we're going to make sure that we, we put stock into loading our defense up and, and stopping that other team. So they have to run the offense, which we feel really good about because we have the resources that have broken down their, their offense or their set plays. And we have a, you know another assistant that just takes care of that kind of stuff. So transition D is really, really big with us. And then on the flip side, we found out too, kids want to play fast, then we're going to play fast. Mm-hmm. And we're going to try to take advantage of if they don't send anybody back in transition, we might leak somebody out. Or, yeah. you know, we might try to push the pace to play because we want those possessions. I I remember, and this is kind of before, you know, and, and I think what obviously the two teams that really spurred this on at the higher levels is probably Houston and Golden State um, yeah. with, with this stuff. But I, I do remember, not to say I'm not smarter than Daryl Morey or Steve Kerr, or, or believe me, I am not. I'm dumb as a mud fence, to be honest with you, probably. But one of the things I remember in practice one day, we were working on all this off the dribble and pull-ups, and it's just like, ah, oh, we got to work on our mid-range. we got to work on our mid-range. And it's just clank, 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 clank. And I'm like, why are we even spending time doing this because it takes so much skill to be able to make these shots and uh so why why do why do we even do that now of course the answer at the time was because that's what you do in basketball you work on the range game and, and and that type of thing but i know that 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 was something I thought of. Oh, it was probably had to be, like I said, probably eight, eight to ten years ago, or I actually kind of had a pit and a pit, and I still remember it in practice as well. You know, like I said, and 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 I think that what the the way that the game has changed, and through the analytics and doing these things within the flow of the game, you can tell your team, hey, uh, yeah, you know what, they've got ten points in the first four minutes of this quarter here, but you know what. Four of those shots were pull-up jump shots in our uh, yard area, or not yard. Your your, what's the, the the middle area we're talking about again? What do you call what do you call it? The yard. Yeah, yep. the yard. It's okay, the yard. so you know, yep. so don't worry about it. Those are the shots we want to force. We're okay. Right. And and I'm assuming that's probably happened on more than one occasion for you guys. Absolutely. Again, just tracking this. I was awestruck. I started charting. We play in the in the biggest in the biggest um, division in, in our state. 4A, and I start tracking 1A, 2A, 3A, 4A uh, of state tournament, and it's just not at the top level or the, the bigger school level, even the small schools, mm-hmm. you know, so it, it seems to be a trend. Now, we, we want to install some confidence with our kids, and you know, they're still going to shoot the basketball, but we also sure. we try to teach them, hey, what's a good shot, what's a great shot, what's an excellent shot, mm-hmm. you know, and but because... Late as the season progresses on, those possessions become so much lower because teams we don't have a shot clock in our state, so teams are trying to grind it out more, and you know the clock's just ticking away. And instead of a forty-point possession or forty-possession game, now it gets down to twenty possessions. You know, and then that sort of thing. So you're like, they just keeps chipping away, chipping away. So we, we we say, hey, just based on our numbers, understand what's the most viable possession we can have. You know, and something we really try to sell to our kids, especially over this break, are and ones. You know, everyone wants to shoot the three and to get that scoreboard lit up. Well, there's another way to do it, too. If you drive it to the basket, you take it up strong, and maybe you get that extra free throw, that's another way to get three points, too. Absolutely. You know, so if you're not a great three-point shooter, drive it hard, maybe pump fake, or, you know, try to draw that contact and take it up with some authority. 
now he can draw a free throw, which we think is awesome too, because you know it just puts that other position, the other team in a position where eventually they're going to have to sub or rotate a new different player. You know, and that that's the that's the piece of this too is we're trying to just provide information for our kids so there's confidence built so we can take advantage of any sort of mismatch or anywhere that we feel that we have success. Gotcha, gotcha, Jeff. Awesome, awesome stuff. Any social media you want to tag on here at the end as we as we sign off? Yeah, um, my personal uh, Twitter account is jstino, that's J-S-T-E-I-N-O. And then if you want to follow our Ames Basketball uh, Twitter account as well, it's A-H-S Hoops. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, I appreciate this, Marty. This has been awesome. I love what you're doing. And anytime anyone wants to talk ball or wants to just share basketball uh, stuff on Twitter, I'm more than willing to share. Yeah, and check out these charts at, at Jeff's Twitter handle. Uh, like I said, I'm a sucker for a good chart, a good form. I'm such a nerd. Uh, but uh, I, I just thought it was really, really good stuff there and, and you know, wanted to share it with uh, with our listeners here. So um, thanks a ton, Jeff. I appreciate it. Yep. Thanks a lot, Marty. All right. Next up on our Quick Hitter Pod, Volume 1, our Quick Hitters, uh, is Josh Siski, the head girls basketball coach at Papillion La Vista High School in some areas of the universe. He is known as Josh Siski, but in a very small corner of the universe, he is simply known as the maestro. <laughs> Coach, how are you this morning? Or this afternoon, sorry, this afternoon. I'm doing great. How are you doing today? Hey, doing doing awesome, my friend. Um, you guys are off to a good start here, I see. A solid start. Uh, just an inch or two away from... Um, being about six and two, it looks like. Um, but, uh, you know, with as much firepower as you lost last year, you knew it was going to take a little time to get things going. Don't you think? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, we're probably close to being six and two and probably also close to being two and six. So, uh, sitting at four and four and we'll take it from from where we're at right now and what we're trying to get done. Absolutely. So, well, uh, coach, let's take a few minutes here. Uh, your topic uh, that we talked about that uh, you're going to give us a quick hit on is shooting and shooting drills and drills shooting drills that you can apply to game-like situations. So I'm going to turn the floor over to you, and if I like I like I said, if I have any questions or if I have anything I want to throw in there, I'll just jump in. So uh, let it rip, Coach. Okay, yeah. Um, so first of all, in our program, I got to give a shout out to. Coach Choffles, my varsity assistant, he's kind of our guy that uh, looks up a lot of our shooting drills and finds a lot of things that we do. He does a deep dive into Mike Neighbor's YouTube channel and mm-hmm. um, s- sends me a video about nightly, I feel like, of, hey, what do you think of this one? Do you like this one? And so um, we'll try it, and sometimes we like them, and sometimes we don't, and uh, that's okay. Um, but but for us, and he knows this, no matter what we do, um, we want it either to be timed or a competition, and, and we want to be keeping track no matter what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and probably some of this is just, just me not being strong enough as a coach in certain areas, but we, we found pretty early in our first couple of years that if it wasn't comp- competitive or a challenge or something like that, that our, our kids' focus and uh, attention to detail wasn't good enough mm-hmm. or, or wasn't where we wanted it. But if we make it competitive and we make it timed and we put maybe some running on the line or push-ups or even something goofy on the line – um, or just trash talk, right, just between you and your teammates. Uh, suddenly our kids are competing a lot harder, and they're going a lot harder. And mm-hmm. So with everything we do, I've got about four drills here, but they're all 
we've we've turned it into a competitive thing where we time it and make it go. So okay, well, dive in on those four drills. So the first one we call it uh, BDT three on two or BDT four on three. Um, it, BDT is just basketball decision training, you know, from Chris Oliver. Um, so we got it from him. So that's what we call it. Uh, and we, the way we started is if it's three on two, we have a offensive player at the wing, um, the top of the key and the other wing. And we have our two defenders by stack free throw line and right underneath the basket. And the coach has the ball and they throw it out. And then it's just live three on two, but the rules are the offense is stationary. Um, all they can do is pass it and take open shots. And so they can't move. Defense is scrambling, so they're constantly having to shoot, hopefully at a closeout. Um, and we really talk to our defenders about, hey, if we throw it to the left and they reverse it, you want to make that ball go back to the left, not let them reverse it to the right. You know, Help your defender out. Um, so we work on it from a defensive aspect too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then offensively, we're getting shots. And so what we'll do is we'll do it for about a minute, and then we'll flip it. So now two defenders are in and three offensive players are out, and we'll usually go maroon versus white. And, and we want to see which team makes the most shots in that minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what, as we add on to it, and sometimes if we go, we do this more when we go to four on three, we'll, we'll let the offense attack on the dribble. Um, and if they dribble, they can dribble in for a layup, or they have to kick it out for a three. They can't take mid-range shots. Um, I'm very much bought into the layups and threes only mindset. Mm-hmm. Um, so that works for us. And the other thing with that, now that we've got four four offensive players out there and three defensive players um, on a drive, we let our offensive players move as we would in our offense. So if we're driving down the lane from the top of the key, you know, one kid's drifting, another kid's following in behind, um, and, and so we're always trying to get kids to corners and, and one kid following back and, and creating a passing lane that way for um, the driver. And so no matter where we're driving at, now we're also adding in, hey, here's our offensive movement that we want to do. And again, it's always for about a minute, and that's hard. It's hard on those three defenders to do that for a minute straight because so we got the rebound set up, we're going again, and we're going quick with it. So it's a minute of scrambling for that deep, those three defensive players or two defensive players. And then offensively, you're trying to get shots up quick because you understand the more more threes you make, um, the better chance you have of winning that competition. Mm-hmm. And so that's one that, honestly, we probably need to do more often. As I was thinking about drills that we talked about, with or one night when you talked to me about doing this this was one of the first drills that came to mind and i thought man we haven't done that often enough lately um but i think i think it's helped us with our movement on offense um and again it's just making you shoot at game speed making you shoot with kids closing out at full speed so well that is that is my 2020 2021 contribution to the monarch program this year what's that just having you do this drill more yeah, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. Okay. Um, so, as you know, sometimes just talking about things makes you remember another drill or do some of those things. And so, yep. Um, that's definitely one of them. Awesome. All right. Uh, What's the next one? The next one is Eastern Michigan shooting, and it's not a it's not a live. Um, it's it's uh, three on zero, but so we have three kids, three lines up at half court, so one in the middle, two on the wings, and kind of a weave action. You throw to the right, and then the right skips it over to the girl on the left, and the middle girl after she throws goes behind and mm-hmm. so on that skip uh, so it's just two passes the girl 
on the left wing then is going to end up shooting a three and the other two girls have to uh sprint in and get a rebound and so the rules for this one is it's, it's we we go about two minutes and i think we're trying to get 28 again coach Joffel is the one that i always put in charge of our scoring system and all that stuff he keeps track of that part um but for the scoring system if you make the three you get three points if you miss the three the two girls that are there have a chance to get the rebound um if they get the board out of the air they can put it back in for two points Mm-hmm. And then the next group goes. Um, if it's one bounce, if they really hustle after it and get it out of one bounce and they can take one dribble and, and score it, we'll give them one point from there. But we really want them working on tracking the ball in the air, recognizing long rebounds, getting out of the getting out of the air, jumping up for rebounds and going. Um, mm-hmm. One thing that as we watched our kids and we shoot a lot of threes, um, some of our kids would give great effort and they'd sprint in, but on a three, they're sprinting underneath the basket almost, and so you know you're not going to get that rebound. <laughs> long, long shots, long rebounds. Long that's shots, what, that, long rebounds. That's what we so, emphasize to our kids, yep. Yeah, and so this drill has really helped us with making our kids recognize that and enforce that. And just the other day we were doing this drill, and we just watched our first four groups go, and the kids that were going to rebound weren't even watching the shot go up or weren't tracking the ball at all until it was finally hitting the rim, and then they're trying to get it. And so we had to stop and talk about that again. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing is, is, is leaving the ground for a rebound. You know, I think coaching girls, that was one of the big changes I recognize. You know, boys will jump and go get it as often as they can. Girls, a lot of times, stay on the ground too often and, and, and don't leave their feet to go get a rebound. And so that's something that we've worked on a lot, um, trying to get them to rebound that. Mm-hmm. And again, we got that one from Mike Neighbors. Um, I think he calls it Eastern Michigan shooting. It's that we just kept the name that way. But our, our kids like it because we'll do it for two minutes, try to get to 28, and then the next round we'll throw it to the left and, and go again. Mm-hmm. Um, and we usually try to get two balls in, in there so that once that sh- shot's up, that next group's going. And, and it's pretty fast-paced for two minutes, just getting it, rebounding it, and going. And um, So our kids like it and like being able to keep track with that one. Mm-hmm. My biggest question on that one is, does Western Michigan feel discriminated against that you called it Eastern Michigan? <laughs> you know, they, they very well might. And again, all complaints need to go to Coach Truffles for me. <laughs> um, and I can give out his email address and even home address later on in the show. Yeah, well, I, I, you're, you're a great boss at passing the buck here, Coach. You know, yeah, you, you know, know I... I've got good assistants, really good assistants. You know, Blake Anderson, who was head coach, a couple different spots, most recently at Bellevue East, and um, Coach Troffles was on the boys' staff with me for a long time, and mm-hmm. not for a long time, but was was with me. He was, he was on the boys' staff before I got there, even. And then Seth Reeser has been on the girls' staff. I think this is his 18th year with Dave Hubert. So mm-hmm. um, I definitely don't know anything. In fact, I probably don't know much. Um, so one, one of my best things that I think I've done is <laughs> allowed them to do a lot more and have, have their voices heard in practice and it's just good for our girls to hear different voices too today i kind of let our assistants run a lot of the practice and i thought it went really really well um just just them hearing different voices and maybe they're hearing the same exact thing but when it comes from a different person maybe it triggers it a little bit differently so. yeah yeah that's you know in in my situation um we're starting everything from scratch and mm-hmm. and one of the things that i I realize I have to do, but I don't like is that uh, I have to talk a lot more than what I would like to talk. Uh, right. Just because 
you know, just laying the groundwork, you know, just exactly how this drill works, or this is this is what I expect culturally, or this is what I expect with communication, or so forth and so on. And that's not anybody's fault. That's not my that's not my son's fault. That's not my assistant right. coach's fault. That's not even my fault. It's just, though, know, you know, there's a certain expectation that I feel like it's important to set. And plus, if I said, "Hey, run Eastern Michigan shooting," they would they would have no clue what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. So, um, you know, that's that's the benefit of. Is this your fifth? This is your fifth year as head, right? I think you're six, actually. Six, okay. You know, six, yeah. But but you've had those guys with you a while, and now you you feel like okay, everybody knows what's expected, and you can kind of pass that buck, and and take ten or fifteen minutes of practice and just observe and and chime in rather than feeling like you have to lead everything, you know. And and that's got to be for a sure. comforting feeling for you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, I will tell you, um, we ran a drill today. Um, we called Arizona drill a defensive drill. And, We've been running this for year six now, um, and one of my seniors said, "Coach, what drill is this? I don't, I don't know this one." <laughs> so, so not to, not to trust you here, but I'm not sure it gets any better the longer you're there. Um, I said, "Man, we we do this drill once every two weeks, probably." And uh, she goes, "Yeah, I only know this name, this drill by name. I don't like, I don't remember any of your any of your names of your drills." <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, at that point, did you say, uh, "Go talk to Coach Anderson"? No, I think Coach Anderson would have been uh, a little bit shorter with his response than I was probably at that point. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's one of those deals where once once we set it up, then it's, oh, yeah, this one, okay. Oh, yeah, uh, that one, yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. You know. yeah I, but, I, I think there's a lot of drills that are named, oh, yeah, that one. Yep, yep, exactly. Yeah, so, all right, hey, you got, uh, you got two more you want to get through here, Josh, uh, so yeah. let her rip. Yeah, so warrior shooting is the next one. Um, got this actually from Joel Heizer. Um, you know, he's right down the street from us at Papio South, and we got it online on a website. Saw that it was contributed by him though. Um, and so three people in a group, two balls. Um, it's two minutes, and so we'll usually have about six hoops going on at this. Um, and it's just a little bit of a shooting pattern, and every shot is worth one point no matter what. Uh-huh. Um, so we. You got a rebounder, a passer, and a kid shooting. So the shooter starts at half court or the volleyball line, wherever you want them to start. They sprint in first for a basket cut, get, catch a bounce pass, make a layup. Mm-hmm. So if they made it on the right-hand side, now they're going to sprint out to the left wing, catch, shoot a three. Um, then they're going to go drift to the corner on the left corner, catch, shoot a three. Uh, they're going to work up to the wing, back door, and shoot a left-handed layup now. Mm-hmm. And then they're going to go to the right wing, catch and shoot a three, go to the corner, catch and shoot a three. So now they've shot, what is that, six shots, two layups, and uh, four threes. Um, and then the passer becomes the shooter. So the passer is now sprinting and touching half court. The rebounder is going to become the passer. Mm-hmm. And the shooter becomes the rebounder. And so now they go through that same pattern of basket cut, wing three, corner three, back door, wing three, corner three. Mm-hmm. And you just do that for two minutes straight. Again, everything's one minute. Um, and there's six hoops going on at once. And so what we usually do is all six hoops go. Uh, we take our top three scores from the first round, put them on one end, bottom three on that end, and we kind of call it the championship court versus the toilet bowl. Um, and so, so you don't want to get last, you know, um, yeah. and, and we want to see which group gets first after after the second one. And, and what's you know sometimes our girls get frustrated because the highest score might come from that toilet bowl end of the court 
um, of the whole thing. And they'll say, well, we got 24. No one else ever got that high. Yeah, but you lost in the first round, so you're out, you know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't um, matter. But we like it just because kids are on the move. Um, and again, because it's competitive, they're usually cutting hard. They're moving hard. Um, probably our biggest frustration is making sure our passers are throwing passes the way we want to. For us, on those basket cuts, we want back or we want bounce passes, um, and on the back doors, bounce passes. And we want chest passes from the top of the key to the wings, and then we want overhead passes as they drift to the corner, um, like they're coming off a flare screen. And so, making sure we're talking about those details enough um, and, and doing those things is probably the biggest thing. I think that's maybe the negative of the timing aspect of it is that they're in a rush mm-hmm. at times. And so they're, they're hurrying to get it passed and get it over there instead of doing the little details. Right. So we have to just keep reminding them of those things, but yeah. um, our kids like it and, and we do it. And it's a pretty good way to get a decent amount of shots up in two minutes and, and really four minutes for us. You should go through it twice. Gotcha. So. Yeah. I agree with you. When, when you, when you put that time on it, there's that balance between we want you to, to hurry up and get a bunch of reps in and and play against the clock but also you need to do things the right way and and be fundamentally sound with it and and that's that that fine that's the art of coaching as opposed to the science of coaching yep yep so for sure all right last one coacher last one for us we we call it three line shooting um as you can probably guess there's three lines uh group on the wing group at the top of the key and group on the wing and this is mostly we, we just kind of came up with this ourselves uh, just to match what we do with our motion shooting. Um, so we'll usually, depending on how many people we have, we'll have two or three balls and we'll start with them all on the uh, right wing and we'll put eight minutes on the clock. Um, and so the right wing passes to the top of the key. The top of the key has to rip left and drive. And then the left wing line is drifting to the corner and we're kicking it to the corner for a three. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we're going to do that until we've made 10. And so the clock's running the whole time. We've got to make 10. Once we've made 10, we're going to start, we're going to put the balls in the middle now and we're going to throw it to the left wing. And the left wing is going to rip and drive baseline. And then the right wing is going to drift corner again. And so you're probably gathering this. Mm-hmm. We like to shoot corner threes. Yeah. We're, we're going to shoot corner threes a lot in our offense. So we do it and, and we call that skip a Vegas skip, um, driving baseline and throwing it across to the opposite corner. We, so we're teaching our kids the yellow Vegas. Um, and again, we're trying to make 10 there. And then once we've made 10 there, the ball goes to the left wing, and now we're throwing back to the middle. Now they're ripping right. Right right wing is drifting to the right corner, throwing it there, pitching it there, um, making 10 again. And then the last spot, balls go back to the middle. Now we're throwing to the right. We rip right, um, drive baseline, and again, throwing to the opposite, skipping it in that biggest skip to the opposite corner, trying to make 10 again. So we're trying to make 43s in eight minutes, um, which isn't a ton but because of the added movement and motion aspects of it, you're just not getting the volume of shots up quite as much, but you are getting, for us, we're getting our motion movements into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can kind of adjust that as you go to, to fit whatever offense you do and what shots you get within your offense. Gotcha. Um, and again, our girls seem to like it. Um, the big thing for us is that I like about it is when we drive left, we're trying to get our kids to hey, throw, throw that pass to that left hand. Mm-hmm. Um, when we rip left on the baseline, hey, throw that skip pass with your left hand, especially early in the year. Mm-hmm. Some of our young kids really struggle with that. Yeah. It's kind of nice to see the progression through through the end of the year. They're they're able to do it a lot more, and they're able to get that offhand pass thrown and snap it a little bit better. Uh, may not be perfect at it. May not be super comfortable doing it in a game yet. Um, but we hope by the time they're ready to play varsity basketball, they're 
more able to do that. And so um, it adds in that element for us too. But again, the big thing is the timing aspect of it and and the competition aspect of it. Um, And and our girls will hit it sometimes with two minutes of spare and sometimes they don't hit it, you know? And so um, can kind of tell how well we're shooting from that aspect of it too. And so that's what's kind of nice for us. Uh, last question. How much, how much shooting do you guys try to get in every day in practice? So, you know, I've really gone to a lot of the Chris Oliver aspect of trying to do a lot of live stuff. And so I figure we're getting a lot of shooting in or we're getting at least some shooting in all of our live drills and hopefully our best shooters are getting the most shots when we're doing those live drills. Um, but then we're probably trying to do at least two of these drills a day sometime in practice. Mm -hmm. Um, and and sometimes more, sometimes less. You know, Saturday, our JV's place, we're only going to have like nine kids. We're going to do quite a few of these shooting drills probably. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes when we're on a Thursday or a Wednesday and we play on a Friday, we may not get quite as many shooting things in. Um, day before, we're definitely trying to shoot a, a lot and, and get a lot of shots in the day before off practice days. Um, it just depends. But that's one of the biggest changes I've probably made. Uh, my first two years, I was so, man, we're going to be really good defensively. We're going to do this. Um, you, you realize coaching is a lot more fun when you can put the ball in the hole and you can make baskets. And so yeah. we've we've gone to probably borderline too much, um, but doing a lot of offensive drills, a lot of shooting drills to, to try to be able to score the ball and, and outscore people a little bit. Well, it makes, you know, one thing, a hard lesson that I've learned is – you can run all the plays in the world, and you can get all the execution. You can get all the wide-open shots that you want. But if you can't make the shot at the end of it, it doesn't matter. Yep. And, yep. and you've got to develop kids that can shoot the basketball. We've, we've, you know, we struggled to score a little bit my first two years, but we were pretty good defensively. Um, I think we were just talking, we beat Benson like 29-24 one game, my, I think my first year. Wow. Um, well, that's fun. Um, it's a little more, you know, we won 68-60 the other day. Um, <laughs> scoring, it's more fun for me and being able to play fast, play with tempo. Um, and I think it's more fun for our kids, too. I mm-hmm. think they enjoy it. So Absolutely. Absolutely. Any social media you want to plug, Coach? Uh, you know, shoot, I don't even know our Twitter. I'm kind of old school. Mm-hmm. I think we're at PLHS Hoops or something. Okay. Um, <laughs> huh? I, again, I let Coach Truffles run our Twitter. Uh-huh. Uh, we're we're kind of different in that we we don't tweet a ton. Um, we we tell our kids if we're proud of them and we're happy with them, we're going to tell them in person more than we're going to tell them on social media. A lot of the times, mm-hmm. um, I guess I'm kind of a get off my lawn type of guy in that way. <laughs> um, I, 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 I don't. I, I go on for thirty minutes about my thoughts on that. But yeah, pretty much we're uh, we're pretty laid back on social media and just give out the, the general information for the most part. So we're not super exciting on that aspect of it. <laughs> when you're not serving as a part-time translator, you're yelling at the, yelling at the clouds. That's right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, there's only about eight people in the world that get that joke, but I don't care. Yes, that's, yeah. that, that's, that's, uh, right. that's the eight people I really care about. So, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Coach Siski, uh, this was awesome. Thanks so much for your time today. Appreciate it. Yep, no problem. Thank you. Yep. Next up on our Quick Hitter podcast here, Quick Hitters Volume 1, is TJ O'Connor, the boys basketball coach at Fort Calhoun High School here in Nebraska. And I don't know, spent a little time with TJ the last few months, you know, right down the hallway a little bit. 
Um, Coach, how you doing today? Good. Good. It's been good. It's been what? Almost three hours since we've seen each other. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's been a interesting year for sure. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's been it's been good getting to know you and seeing how you do some things with your program and and uh, it's been fun to see you work with the girls and and like I said, get to know you and some of your philosophies. So it's been good. Well, we're. We're getting there, slowly but surely. The kids have been great. The kids have been very, very coachable. Um, you know, we um, most of our steps have been forward, uh, which is which has been very positive. Uh, but selfishly, just like anybody else, we want to be moving faster than what we are, and and uh, you know, but we're 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 moving everything forward, and that's the most important thing. So, um, and and you've been a huge help with that as well. You know, just. With me not being in the building, I, I, I can't thank you enough for all the little things that you've taken care of for me when I'm like, what what's this? Oh, yeah, I got that already. You know, so uh, greatly, greatly appreciated, Coach. Absolutely. Yeah, so well, let's jump into it here. Uh, wanted to talk to you about your uh, 2-1-2 zone press and what you guys run, how you run it, uh, philosophy behind it, maybe a couple of basic drills that you guys run to implement it and just kind of, yeah, just kind of go with that there, coach. And, and, uh, like I've told everybody else here, I'm going to listen to you. And if I have any questions, um, or anything to add, I'll just, I'll just jump in. Sounds good. Um, I guess I kind of, uh, I, I took a, I took a couple years off as a head coach and just kind of was looking at, um, some different things that I'd like to try and, and whatnot. And, uh, as I was looking at, first off, I kind of got, I, I, I got the idea a little bit from, uh, a team had done it to us probably three or four years ago. And, and Excuse me. We kind of had it. We kind of had a, how we break pressure, it kind of just gave us a, a different look. Or an odd, it was kind of odd to see it. I guess you just didn't see a lot of people do that. Um, my defensive philosophy, um, just kind of going back to what I kind of got indoctrinated with when I first started getting into coaching, is just really trying to not let the ball get to, to the middle of the floor, mm-hmm. regardless of whether you're in the full court, the half court, any of that stuff. Um, if you look, you know, statistically, you look at NBA, college, high school, you know, the more ball reversals you get and the more times the ball touch sides of the floor and um, those types of things, the higher or the more efficient teams' offenses are. I've also kind of been a believer of, you know, what are teams try to do or what do we tell our guys when we're breaking a press or even when we're attacking on the on the offensive end we like to get to the paint we like to get the ball to the middle of the floor and we feel like if if the ball gets to the middle of the floor it just gives more options for an offensive team whether it's pitch outs or you know dump downs to bigs as they're moving their windows around the Mm -hmm. the basket um and so i guess kind of where where the two one two pressure came into play was it kind of just gave us a person right there in the middle 
that does not have to really rotate much to not allow the ball to come to the middle. Gotcha. Um, mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> a lot of teams, I guess, you know, uh, when they are breaking a press, I feel like they are trying to get someone to the middle. Now, everybody does it a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Some people might cut the inbounder through. Some people might flash a wing. Some some people might even flash a big from, you know, one of the half-court spots. But they always try and, it seems like, get someone to the middle of the floor. Mm-hmm. So, number one is we obviously don't want the ball going to the middle of the floor. So, everything in our 2-1-2 press is centered around not not giving up the middle of the floor. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so we kind of, I guess where we might, you know, have some success with it is <clears throat> not a lot of teams do it. Number one, number two, you kind of get teams that it, it's not a, a super heavy ball pressure necessarily initial ball pressure type of press. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of get teams that, or, or players that are kind of maybe trying to figure it out. Well, you know, you get that internal clock that's going, and after about two passes in the backcourt, you start to get kids speed themselves up a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. I get the ball across half court. I don't know if they, you know, panic or they might dribble themselves into a bad spot or throw the ball ahead to what we would consider a lot of teams we play, you know, they might throw the ball ahead to even if they are getting the ball across half court, they're maybe throwing it ahead to someone that's not necessarily as big of a threat with the ball in their hands. Sure. Um, and so some of the things that we've, and there's, there's various ways that we can tweak it based on how we maybe see a team, how they break pressure, or how they attack pressure. But, um, you know, there's some different rotations that we can do out of it. But the big thing is, is it just starts with, two guys up top uh, really kind of just, you know, want to keep that ball out of the middle of the floor. And they almost want to kind of just bait the guy into into thinking it's all right to kind of dribble up the sideline. Yep. Okay. And, 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 then, and then you're just cutting the floor into thirds, essentially, is what you're trying to do there. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And then our middleman usually becomes the trapper. Okay. And the thought process there is, and, and really with any of our pressure, but but we always talk to our guys about when, when they're trapping or running into traps, so to speak, we always want to work inside out. We want to trap inside out. Mm-hmm. And so <clears throat> what we want to do with our middle guy is we want to get a guy sped up, basically – dribbling up the sideline so to speak and then he's working inside out and then he's going to try to work across the guy's face because he's got a trail guy chasing to come trap in from behind mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then are anybody that's not at the ball we talk about 45 degrees a lot we're always moving you know yo-yoing them so to speak or moving them at at 45 degree angles Back, back towards the ball, back towards the hoop, mm-hmm. towards the ball, towards the hoop. <clears throat> so now, based on if teams throw ahead, 
you know, we can trap with different people and then we'll work different rotations of basically, you know, covering for if, if they do throw ahead and let's say we trap with one of our back guys and the middleman. Well, then we just basically cover for each other and Mm -hmm. just rotate and overlap and, and we work some different drills to do that. Um, but I think, you know, I think the, I think when you're pressing, I think for me, there's really two, two main reasons to press or why you would press. One, I think is if you have a, maybe an athletic advantage, so to speak, or you're playing someone that you do really want to speed them up, Mm -hmm. um, then you can press. And I also think sometimes you can press as strange as it sounds, you can press to slow teams down and just control, control tempo. Um, and maybe even as weird as it sounds, you, you know, maybe it just cuts down possessions because it takes them, you know, we'll do some things where we're pressing, but we're, we're telling our guys, you know, we're just trying to keep everything in front of us. We're just trying to keep everything in front of us. We're just making them, let them make a mistake. Mm-hmm. But we're not trying to really force anything. We're just making them have to, you know, just mentally and physically grind possessions from 90 feet. Mm-hmm. So yeah, oh no, I've 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 done that in 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 my career uh, numerous times where we have pressed to slow the game down uh, to 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 make uh, the eighty four or ninety four feet uh, something to work to our advantage to control the tempo where we want to control it, and I think one of the advantages um, with constantly pressuring is you can construct something like what you're doing with your 2-1-2 and what we're working on with our 2-2-1 um, to you can speed it up or you can slow it down and and you can shift you can shift those gears and and play it either way and sometimes play it different ways within the same contest which I'm guessing that's what you guys do sometimes with your with your own pressure here yeah um, you know we'll Sometimes, I mean, we'll, it's just a good change of pace. I mean, sometimes you do it, sometimes you press because you're struggling offensively and you just, you know, need to try and steal possessions or um, if we're struggling in the half court and we feel like it's turned into a half court game and our half court offense isn't working, then you mm-hmm. just, you know, maybe throw, throw press on a little bit. Um, but there's just, I, I think that it's, for us, it's been a good one because it also is not – if you're not very deep, it's hard to have a press where you're just chasing, 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 chasing. You're going to yeah. wear it out. And this one's, this one's a little bit more deliberate, I think. Um, you're obviously still in some scramble situations, but it, it allows us to play kind of a full-court game without just dogging some of our guys out that we think – have to play 29 30 minutes for us yep yep what uh what are one or two drills that that you'd be willing to share with the listeners here coach of of what you do to implement your pressure philosophy with your kids um we do uh kind of a a stunt drill with our top guys um 
you know, I'll, I'll be honest and maybe it's just cause I'm, <laughs> I'm an average coach, but I, I've, I've kind of, as I've done it more, I don't, I, I have not, I've went away from a ton of drill work mm-hmm. and just done more live work or scrimmage work and just kind of teach on the fly, break it down gotcha. on the fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we'll do some, you know, we'll do some like two on two, uh, just full court two on two where, um, passing back and forth and just working our top two guys working in tandem mm-hmm. how that you know they where we want them to angle off of a pass to um when the ball gets thrown and then we'll we'll kind of do some four on three um where we're just putting our own guys in conflict to where so we have so <clears throat> you know we might and, and you can vary it however you want it um, based on how the team's going to do it. But if you can imagine kind of setting up in like a little bit of a diamond situation for the offensive guys, so you have your guy. We have our top three guys in a triangle of our 2-1-2, two, two, so we eliminate the back two guys. And then you kind of just put um, the offense kind of in a diamond shape, so to speak, as if the inbounder just stepped in, mm-hmm. if what I'm talking makes sense there. Yeah, yep, yep. And then um, – and then we just work, you know, those three guys working in tandem to have to cover um, the middle of the floor as the ball gets gets moved uh-huh. uh, and as the ball advances. We we are really big on as we do do this. Like we talk to our guys a lot about being slow to vacate the middle of the floor. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you gotta you gotta work in tandem as you're doing stuff, but we don't want we don't really want our guy our middleman trapping up a lot if that makes sense. Yep. Because then you could, be giving, really, you, could get, you could be giving up something over the top, and now your back guys are at a disadvantage, right? Right, yep. and it's kind of like a, it's kind of like a closeout in the half court. If you go sprinting up at a guy, we want to speed them up. We don't want to speed ourselves up, mm-hmm. and so we don't want to be attacking, you know, sprinting at a guy that then in turn is going to put the ball on the floor. That puts us at kind of a we, we almost want them to have to make that first move if that makes sense. Yep. But we also want to make sure that we're not. Um, so as the ball gets swung, the top two guys. When that middle guy decides to go, you're kind of always wanting to keep triangles with those guys. Mm-hmm. And so as the middle guys want to go, the opposite guard has to kind of fill in for the middleman, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yep, yep. And so we don't necessarily want the middle guy sprinting to vacate the middle before that other guard has at least gotten, you know, kind of on that string of he's coming to replace him. Gotcha, yep. So that's those are a couple things that we do. So just kind of a like a two on two, just stunt working our guys of where they're angling out off the ball, and then we'll kind of do a like a a triangle drill basically with our top three guys that are working in tandem um, as they're just covering for each other and communicating. Awesome. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. And I and I see how those concepts. Uh, could could be used there, and I like that idea of being slow to vacate the middle uh, to protect that middle third. And if you keep it on one side or the other, the outside thirds, then it's a heck of a lot easier for you to defend and protect the rim as well. 
Correct. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Coach, anything you want to plug for your program? Any social media? Anything like that? Oh, not not really. I I feel kind of bad. I kind of gotten away from Twitter. It gets a little bit <laughs> gets a little bit too much sometimes. But um, you know, we're just. I'm really excited to be there. It's only my second year, and we just really like what we're doing with the kids. We have a great group of kids that work hard, and they're fun to be around. They're fun to coach, um, and we're just looking forward to. We kind of had a an odd first half of the year, which I'm sure a lot of teams are dealing with, but it's been we're looking forward to hopefully hopefully getting back here after break and getting some consistent <clears throat> practice in and kind of getting in a little bit of a routine and just seeing where the second part of the year takes us. Well, I, th- I thought you did a nice job of, of not practicing for two and a half weeks and then, you know, playing, you know, winning by 30 or whatever you won by the other day. So that, that was that was great strategy right there, Coach. That just proves they don't really need me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, if, if you have the right players – we're really unnecessary um you know andy andy gerlez came on here you know he, he, he talked about one of the teams he had you know and uh, he said one of uh you know we had 10 or 12 games there the only thing they needed me for was to drive the bus and they would have been fine whether i was sitting on the bench or not you know and and there is a lot of truth to that 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 great coaches are ultimately made by great players so Absolutely, I have yet to I have yet to win a game, and however many years I've been a head coach, it's all you know. Those kids do the they do the heavy lifting, and we're fortunate right now that we have some good players and good kids. And uh, I just appreciate when they make me look a lot smarter than I am. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So, all right, coach. Well, hey, thanks for your time today. Appreciate it. I'll see you. I'll see you in the morning at the gym. Absolutely, you bet. Thank you for having me. No problem. Before we move any further with our quick hitters, uh, volume one podcast here, I want to put a little plug in for teachhoops.com. Teachhoops.com is a great resource. If you combine a pen and a napkin with teachhoops.com, uh, you are going to become a better coach. Coach Steve Collins out of Madison, Wisconsin, uses his over three decades of experience to help coaches get better and to hone their craft. Go to teachhoops.com backslash A-P-A-A-N. That's a pen and a napkin, the initials, a pen and a napkin. For your introductory subscription, you get a 14-day free trial, and then it's $34.99 a month. So take a look at teachhoops.com and combine that with a pen and a napkin to make yourself the best coach that you can be so that you can hone your craft. Next up on our Quick Hitter Pod, Volume 1, is Greg Mays, the longtime head girls basketball coach at Hastings High School in Hastings, Nebraska. Greg, you're, you're feeling a little bit better today than you were yesterday. Got a nice win. Uh, Got to be feeling good about that. Yeah, you know, it, it's a simple life sometimes, coaching, you know. <laughs> uh, you get a win, and, uh, you know, everything looks better. Uh, you lose, and everything looks worse. Uh, someday I hope to grow up, but I, I don't know when that's going to happen. Well, if you if you grow up, you in that regard, then you should probably get out because if the losing doesn't bother you, or if the uh, perhaps maybe you you win but you don't execute at the level of expectation that you want your kids to uh, 
to, to be at. And, and every team is different, whether it's your team or from, from year to year or whatever it may be, or the, uh, your expectations may be different depending on the opponent that you're playing that night. Uh, but I think if, if that, you know, continues or if that consistently doesn't bother you, then it is probably time to step away. Don't you think? Yeah, I think so. You know, I, I think I've learned over the years to moderate it a little bit. Been a long time since I had to stop myself from kicking the dog, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, I don't quite stew around the house as much as I used to. I think, I think coaching my daughters taught me, taught me that, uh, that, you know, we all needed a little break from basketball. I couldn't bring it home so much like I could when they were little and weren't on the team. Mm -hmm. So, uh, uh, you know, that's been good. I think I've moderated it in my life a little bit, but I think you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, if the winning and losing doesn't matter to you, uh, then there's not much reason to go to practice. Yeah. So, you know, I, when I, when I got a hold of you, I, you know, I, I, I kind of, everybody that I've talked to, I said, oh, you know, what do you want to talk about? And, and kind of arrived at it like there and, and I gave you this list and you were just like, good grief. What do I, what do I do talk about or whatever? And, <laughs> and, uh, I, I thought it was really interesting what you sent back where you, you said, you know, you've kind of, um, learned what to pick and choose and to, to get upset about and not get upset about or, or, or however you phrased it. Um, so, you know, you've been at, you've been at Hastings, uh, for, for 14, this is your 14th year. You took over a program, um, that, uh, was, was not doing well and, and you've built it into a, a consistent program, uh, a, a team that, even if you're fortunate enough to get a win against you guys, doggone it, you walk out of that gym knowing that you had to work your tail off to get that win against you guys. And uh, I've always respected the job that you've done there. Uh, but in those in those 14 years, kind of talk about maybe your evolution and what you've learned about coaching and and uh, how much of it is is within your control, how much of it is not within your control, and just kind of your journey in that regard of how you've evolved uh, on, on that kind of thing that we all want to control, yet we can't really control it. Yeah, you know, I, that, that's great to hear. Thank you. You know, one thing we, we wanted was a program that would battle, you know, and, and always battle, and, and I think the girls have, uh, have, have played a great part in that. You know, I think one of the big things I've learned uh, through all the years of coaching is that, you know, I'm sitting on the sideline, <laughs> you know, and uh, I'm important. I'm a part of this, uh, but I really can't do most of it, you know, and and it can't be my love uh, for the game or even for the team that fuels it. Uh, it has to be the kids. It has to be, you know, how they love the game and how, how, how they want to play the game. And that they're the ones who have to make the choices to get things done. You know, uh, I always go into every year now and say, okay, my number one job is that they have fun. Mm -hmm. uh, and part of that is they've got to be competitive. Because, good Lord, I've, I've, I've been on teams we weren't competitive. It wasn't any fun, mm -hmm. you know. So I have to do the things to make us competitive. Uh, but, boy, I think back to my early days and even before I became a head coach, you know, I spent a lot of time planning out every detail of what I wanted to do as a basketball coach, you know, page after page after page of, you know, how we would handle this and how we would handle that and, and what presses we would have and what offenses we would have. And, 
it, it would all be drawn up. And I think that was a good process for a young coach. Mm-hmm. But in the end, what I've learned is lots of those pages don't make a difference because what I have to do with the girls every year is we have to discover a way we can play, mm-hmm. you know, and I kind of have to think in bigger picture, you know, I was in the minutiae a lot, you know, when I was an assistant, I would see little things, oh, we're, we're going to do that different, or we're going to, boy, I saw that, I like that, we're going to do that, and that, and that, and, and you start to have just, you know, this whole folder full of ideas, heck, I had a coaching notebook that was 250 pages long, sure. you know, and as a coach, you really, that's only causing trouble, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, yeah. simplify it, uh, find your way through. There's lots of good ways to play basketball. You know, I just try to tell the kids and the parents that at the beginning of every year, there are lots of good ways to play basketball. There are lots of coaches I've seen who do things a lot different than me and they've had success, mm-hmm. but the only way that it'll work is the way we discover together, mm-hmm. you know? And to discover it together, I have to release that to to the girls. Mm-hmm. You know, I have to release that to them. I have to take their temperature once in a while about what we're doing and whether they believe in it or not. Uh, and I have to, you know, make sure they're being honest with me when they say they are, uh, because if they don't believe in it, they're not going to get better at it. Mm-hmm. And if they don't get better at it, we're going to get beat. Yeah, that's that's a great point. Um. Uh, so what are some things that you've looked at? You're talking about your 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 notebook, and, and I can relate. Uh, you know, it, a lot of people can relate to that, Greg. Uh, yeah. What are, you know, out of that notebook, if you're thinking back to that notebook a long time ago, what are the, I don't know, two, three, four things that, you know, you look back on it and go, yeah, I'm really glad I had that in there. That that's something I've really carried with me. And maybe what were two or three or four things that were in that that was in that notebook that was like, you know, I really didn't need that at all. I, I can think of lots of things that I just didn't understand. You know, I didn't I didn't understand what people were doing. I I thought that was a special play, and that was really just a kid creating. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, you know, uh, I think the things I've kept are the big picture. You know, uh, yeah, you got to have your hands in the details as a head coach. You, you know, you've got to create a program that that has an idea of where it's going. But the big picture things, you know, uh, I remember in the first pages of that book, I had Coach Trader's definition of discipline, and and you know, knowing knowing what you have to do, knowing how to do it. Uh, doing it and doing it that way every time. We still talk about that every week, you mm-hmm. know. Uh, we still talk, uh, Coach Sajvic had a definition of a good teammate. Uh, we still go through that definition, you know, all the time. And, you know, those big picture things, I think, are what a coach can bring. A coach brings more of a philosophy of how how the, how the team works. And, and yeah, I, I kind of pick out the X's and O's that we use. But we tailor, tailor those much more to the kids anymore, you know. Mm-hmm. Much more. We, we look out on the floor and we say, boy, she's really good at that. How can we make that happen more? And, and sometimes we've got a play that we've been running for years and we're like, oh, yeah, run that one with her there. And other times we're like, boy, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Let's come up with something that gets her doing that. And so a lot of the, you know, the, the particular X's and O's, the idea that, okay, we're always going to run this or always going to run that. 
uh, a lot of those are things I, I've tossed away, you know, and, and they're still around. Every so often I go digging for that book because I got a kid, you know, who's a, who's a four player who can do some things that two can. And I'm like, oh, I remember a play we could, we could do with her. And I go looking for it. But, you know, as far as, uh, as working through that notebook day by day, practice by practice, building things up, I just don't do very much of that anymore. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as as you as you look at it right now, you know every season you're kind of coming into you know as you've evolved as a coach, uh, when you're getting ready to go and, and and maybe let's let's go right now. You know you're I don't know probably eight or nine games into it. Um, what what have you learned about uh, when it comes to adjusting as the season goes along, and um, you know how quick are you to to make adjustments or or are you kind of like ah you know what i really believe that you know this should be working better we've just we this will work we just have to do it better um you know how, how do you how do you analyze those type of situations especially now we're at the point where you know most teams have some games under their belt we have some film in place uh we have enough uh evidence to to look at to go uh it might be time to change one two three things here and there yeah, you know, I, I try to always remind myself, you know, when I'm sitting down and going, okay, where do we go next? Uh, number one, I try to always remind myself it's an art and a science, Yep. you know, and I think the science of basketball has come so far with analytics and what we're able to look at, what my huddle account allows me to focus in on is fantastic. And so we try to do a lot of that, uh, but I also try to apply that to my coaching, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, if I'm going to be adding up things on the girls and, and putting a value on things, uh, I also try to take a look. Like, I am really frustrated with how we're rebounding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so one of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to go back through my last 14 scouting reports. And I'm going to say, okay, how many minutes was that our number one priority as compared to other stuff? Maybe the drills I really like to do, you know, my pet drills, my yeah. fun drills, the ones that fire me up. Uh, you know, I like to take a look back at my practice plans and say, hey, am I dedicating the minutes to what I'm saying is important? You mm-hmm. know, uh, boy, I catch myself all the time, you know, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, boy, I know we emphasize that. Yeah. But then I look at the black and white of the practice report, and I don't see it. Yeah. And so then you have to make a change. And, and then, like I said, I think there's some art to it, too. I mean, what I've really learned, I think, I don't know, in the last 10 years, maybe – maybe the last 15 is, is that you got to be careful about your metaphors as a coach. You know, coaching is a lot about metaphors, whatever your metaphor is that, you know, Oh, we, we love to get up and down the floor mm-hmm. or, you know, defense wins championships. There's all kinds of things like that. And they're very important in athletics because they're pithy and they get messages across to kids, but none of them are the whole truth. Yeah. You know, and sometimes you marry yourself to one and it ends up hurting you. Yeah. You know, you're spending too much time with it or you're, you're practicing like crazy, you know, to be a transition team when really you should look at these kids and say, eh, I don't know what the kids we're playing against so we can be a transition team. Yeah. You know, yeah. or boy, I believe in the ball going inside. A boy, you know, take a look at who's playing your five spot. She's just not a consistent scorer, yeah, exactly. you know? Yeah. So, so how can you make that work? So, 
you know, I think you have to analyze those things too. Those, those things you're saying to the kids. I think that's I think that's really interesting what you said there, Greg. Uh, you, you said coaching is an art and a science, and I've probably used that phrase uh, half a dozen times this this week since we got back from moratorium. Because you know we're 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 working through some stuff and we're. You know, here's what the analytics say, but also what your gut tell you. And and I don't think you can be all one way, and I don't think you can be all the other way. I think you've got to have a good mix of, hey, I've really studied this, but this is, you know, after X amount of years of experience, I really think this is the direction that we need to go. And and it might go a little bit against the numbers, but you know, this is this is just what my gut tells me. And uh, I, I think. There's there's so many people that kind of go all one way or all the other, and especially uh, with the analytical part that we forget that hey, it's it's we got to build those relationships and we've got to take a look at what we trust and what we value the most and what we think is going to be best for us. Maybe not for today or tomorrow, but two weeks down the line or two months down the line. Yeah, and one way we really try to approach that as a coaching staff, uh, what I try to do with my coaching staff is okay, ask questions. You know, Great. I really that's, try that's to good. ask questions of my coaching staff. I, I went home frustrated a week or so ago. You know, we just didn't score when we're playing good teams. You know, we'd score plenty against the, the weaker teams, and it was we just weren't scoring, mm-hmm. you know. And so I just said, what, you know, what's wrong when you can't score? You know, I said, let's really go big picture philosophical here. What what are the possibilities when you can't score? And I asked my coaching staff. I, I asked my daughter, who, who, who's two years out from playing me, and she's down to college. I'm texting her in the middle of the night. You know what? What makes what makes you not able to score when you're a basketball team? And and we got a bunch of answers back from that. We kind of cooked them all together, and 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 we found some some strings we could pull out, and and that gave us our emphasis for practice the next week. You know and. You know, I think that's the other thing. I think every week you got to have a focus, mm-hmm. you know, something to build around. Basketball is a many, many headed monster. You, you can, you know, you can try to work on everything and work on nothing. So, yeah. you know, we always try to get it down to, to one, maybe two things. And, okay, we're going to spend a lot of time on those two things. And we're just going to try to keep the other balls in the air juggling wise. Yep. Do enough of them that we're moving forward, but we're really going to spend time on these couple things this week. And, uh, you know, that to me helps keep a season moving a little bit, helps me bring some variety sometimes to the girls. Cause you know, I'm old. I just like those old drills and they comfort me. Uh, but sometimes <laughs> we need to leave them behind. <laughs> like an old shoe. Like an old shoe. All my jokes fit those drills, you know. <laughs> if we're not doing that drill, I wouldn't have a joke to tell. So, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, sometimes I have to remind myself it's not just for me to enjoy. You, you know, my, my wife tells me, you know, all of your references in, in front of your class or in front of your players, they're all like Seinfeld or, uh, you know, Cheers or Austin Powers or something. The kids don't they don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, well, at least I'm you keeping myself well entertained. You Clark Gable and Greta Garbo. <laughs> Hey, we watch. Uh, we watch Gone with the. We watch Gone with the Wind. Uh, the, fir- the the first half, just the first half, not the whole thing, just the first half this year. So, um, oh man, that casualty scene where those bodies are just stretched forever. Oh yeah. Hey, I, yeah, I that's told, powerful. I told my kids. I said this is one of the most famous individual clips 
in in cinema history here. And this is obviously this is 1939. This is before CGI. They literally had to have thousands of people working together to make this one shot work. And yeah. uh, you know they thought that was pretty cool. You know, so yeah. they they, nice. they don't like to admit that the old cinema is any good. They're they're used to superhero movies and stuff like that. But every once in a while, you catch them kind of. Oh, that, that wasn't bad, Mister Plum. That wasn't bad. So, so that's well, good. Hey, well, Greg, I appreciate it. Here, uh, this is just uh, you've you've hit just a bunch of quick hitters here that have uh, really been good things. Any uh, any social media you want to plug here for your program at all? Well, I, I plug my own uh, podcast, uh, Suiting Up Varsity, uh, where I do uh, bits on the history of Nebraska high school sports. Uh, I've been working on that for about the last four years. We've got about 40 episodes out there, and, and uh, we have a Twitter feed, at Suit Up Varsity, uh, where we post old pictures from Nebraska, uh, talk about the old days and the stories. You know, old guys like me, we like that. I had, I had no idea you were involved with that. Yeah, that's my baby. My brother helps me a lot, but yeah, that's kind of my baby. Always been my dream to uh, to write the next volume, the next book about Nebraska high school history. And about four and a half years ago, I said, "Well, if I'm going to do that, I got to start writing." Uh-huh. You know, I've been researching and researching. I got to start writing. I, I mean, I'm an English teacher. Uh-huh. I got to write, and uh, so I started writing podcast episodes, uh-huh. and uh, it's been great. It's been great for me. It's been great for me as a writer and as a teacher. And uh, it's been a lot of fun sharing those stories. That is awesome. I had no clue. That that is so cool, Greg. I, I love I love the Twitter feed. There, you guys have some cool photographs, and and that is I had no clue that you were that you were behind that. I, I'm I'm stunned. I feel embarrassed <laughs> almost. So no, that's all right. I, you know, it's like a superhero secret identity. Sometimes <laughs> there you go. Well. Uh, <laughs> You go ahead there, Clark Kent, and uh, take off those glasses and, and, and fly away and save everybody there. So, oh, Greg, I really appreciate your time today. And, uh, you know, good luck down the line here and uh, look forward to seeing you down the line. All right. All right. Thanks a lot for calling me up, Marty. All right. We'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Our next guest here on Quick Hitters, Volume 1 is a guy that I've asked a couple of times to come on, and finally he agreed to come on here. So thanks, Coach, for doing that. Uh, John Carrier, the head boys basketball coach at Nova. I just lost it, and you just told me. Nova Classical Classical Academy, St. Paul, Paul, Minnesota. I knew it was St. Paul, Minnesota. I knew it was a Nova. My first car that I drove, Coach, was a 1973 Chevy Nova. So that one stuck with me right away. So Nova Classical Academy out of St. Paul, Minnesota. The boys' head basketball coach, John Carrier. Uh, He's got a great Twitter follow. So at the end of it, we'll get that out there. Uh, But, Coach, how are you doing? Happy New Year. Hey, Happy New Year. You know, I'm I'm doing good. You know, I'm kind of always locked up being on stuff because you know i'll be honest like i haven't won a whole lot and you know i haven't really achieved much so i don't know who would really want to listen to me but i decided to come on for this because i really do think what what i did this off season was immensely helpful for me and you know so i'm okay sharing that mm-hmm. uh, so you know so yeah i'm glad to be here and you know thanks for having me on oh well great well let's just jump right into it the uh, the, the crux of, of what we what we want to talk about here is is coach did some uh, individual uh, 
self-development, uh, coaching development. And, and it's something I, I kind of did the same thing as well, coach. Uh, in, in my couple of years off, I, I just took a lot of the stuff that I did with a lot of the stuff that I was able to go watch other coaches practice and and observation and, and not emotionally evolved with anything and, and put together kind of what it sounds like something similar to what you did. But I wanted to talk about your experience with just kind of breaking the game down in every different type of discipline possible, your inspiration for it, how you put it together, what you did, so forth and so on. So, uh, Coach Carrier, just just go ahead and, and, and tell us the process that you went through here. All right, so I'm probably going to verbal diarrhea on you, but no you know, we'll get to where we, where we need to be. Uh, so, you know, my, my last job last year, I spent four years at Henry Sibley High School, and we had fantastic kids and fantastic parents and fan, frankly fantastic admin who you know were, they were all great and I really enjoyed my time but I ended up leaving because I'd been there four years and I just felt like we weren't turning the corner in a way that that I thought we could mm-hmm. um, I thought maybe they needed a new voice and kind of a fresh you know a, a fresh uh, perspective there mm-hmm. and uh you know, like I said, I poured I poured everything I had into it in terms of my effort and trying to treat kids well and trying to create a great experience for everybody. And, you know, in a lot of ways, I'm proud of what we did. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I think we did some really great things. Like, for example, we started out, you know, our first off season we had, you know, if, if we had 10 high school guys at workouts, I was excited. And, you know, if, if we crested you know, 15 middle schoolers, I was excited. And by the time we left there, you know, we had 50 kids in both groups showing up every day. And so, you know, we did a lot of really good things. And I think, you know, kids enjoyed basketball more. They put in more time, but we didn't win in the way that I wanted to win. And frankly, I I, I chalk it up as a failure, you know, and and there's, you know, a lot of like, well, there's more to winning than coaching. But if we're going to be really honest, if you don't win, nobody cares. You know, uh, you know, there's that. And I'm not going to, I'm trying not to swear, but one of my favorite movies is Moneyball. Yeah. And, and, you know, and and one of his lines is, if you don't win the last game of the season, nobody gives a blank. Right. And so, you know, I think, you know, and maybe that's not as much in high school basketball, but there is, if you're not winning, you know, eventually people are just going to be like, this isn't working. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I decided that I was going to step away and that they needed a new voice. And, and the thing was all of our, you know, the admin was very supportive. The parents and the players were supportive. It wasn't like, you know, it wasn't like some places where you get pushed out or run out. And I'm grateful for that. But I was also smart enough to say, hey, I'd rather leave a year early than five minutes too late. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, I left Sibley and, you know, I had a year because of COVID. Now I've had a year to reflect. And, mm-hmm. you know, like I said, I chalked it up probably as not a not a successful experience. And I didn't do a good enough job because we didn't win. Um and so then that made me have a self-reflection to say, okay, what do we need to do better? You know, and, and there were a lot of things. I mean, if I could go back, I would do a ton of stuff different from roster confirmation to hold it, you know, like sticking to my guns to having some more discipline. But, but I wanted to get back to like, okay, why didn't this work? And in terms of like, what do I really care about? Mm-hmm. So I started with just a regular, and, and I'm going to do a thing on Sunday where I'm going to just, anybody who wants to stop by, I'll share out kind of what I did on a video chat on this Sunday night. But, you know, basically I just made a Google Doc, like a, a Google Sheets form, and it said, what do I care, what I really care about? And so I, you know, I made a tab for culture. You know, I made a tab for identity because I felt like that was something at Sibley that basketball-wise we didn't have an identity. I kept shifting, I kept changing, and that was the other part of it is, 
I, you know, I'm a basketball junkie. Like I yeah. love this stuff. I love learning. I love, but what I was doing was I was learning and going, Oh, next shiny thing. Okay. Let's try this. Let's try this. Let's yep. try this. Yep. When yep. in reality, if I would have shown up in year one and just said, okay, here's what we're doing mm-hmm. and done that for four years and then assessed it, mm-hmm. we probably would be in a better place than yep. if we were adding and subtracting and switching and, and you know, you can always modify it, but boy, you know, we just lacked an identity. So, mm-hmm. you know, culture, cause I think culture is important. Identity. What do we want to look like on the floor? Like if you watch us play, you know, what do you want to say about us? And I, you know, I looked at our offense or defense, you know, kind of some different areas, but, and then, you know, obviously defense, offense, practice, and then skills, you know, like, mm-hmm. what do I really care about? And so for each one of those, I wrote a mission statement. Mm-hmm. And so for our mission statement for culture is we'll create a culture where athletes feel included, cared for, and are able to strive to be the best, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was our, our, you know, mission statement culture. And, you know, I don't share these with everybody. I have an overall, we have an overall, you know, program, you know, mission statement, but yep, these are yep. just for me. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just you to know, have it, in the back of your mind as you're, when you think of culture, this is what it all comes down to, you know, as, yeah, as, so as like you, for, as you want to develop it. Yep. Exactly. Like yep. for defense, it was force the opponent into it, you know, out of rhythm shot outside of the paint. Like that's yep. what we want. Right. Yep. So you know, I go through this with all these things. And again, you know, there's a lot, I've had a few people that have, since I put this out on Twitter, like, well, I want to see yours. And it's like, no, 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 don't look at mine. Cause mine is, I'm not you. Yeah. You know, and, yep. and that was part of my problem mm-hmm. was I was, you know, on there like, for, even when I started this and I knew I wanted to be about me, I started like, Going down and like looking at Texas Tech and going, okay, well, what's their defensive mission statement? I had to like slap myself and be like, no, well, no, this, who cares what Texas Tech is doing or whoever else you like on defense, right? Like mm-hmm. or offense. No, just do you. So I so I did that. You know, here's our mission statement, and then I got down to what I really care about. Mm-hmm. So like four things that I really really care about. Mm-hmm. Um. And so, you know, I go through these and, you know, and, and I start looking at like, okay, does our, does our identity or does what we're doing match the, you know, for the defense, right? Mm-hmm. Like for defense, one of the things that, you know, they thought was important was like disrupting on defense, right? Yeah. And so then I look at our, our, at our system. I'm like, well, I'm running pack because that's what you're supposed to do if you're not as, you know, if you're not as big or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's what you're supposed to do unless you have the best athlete. And then I started looking, well, if, if disruption is a, is like an important part of this, why are we, like, like why are we running pack and how yeah. can we either modify or change what we're doing to incorporate some disruption? Because if we're just letting you reverse the ball and run your stuff, that's not part of what I believe on defense. Yeah. Yep. And then look, I might be wrong, yeah. but it doesn't matter. What matters is I'm picking something and I'm rolling with it. And we're going to build around that. So, mm-hmm. again, I got the four things I care about, right, and on defense. And then for everything I care about, I got down to two to three teaching points because I don't think you can do more than that. Yep. And this was the hard part for me. Mm-hmm. What was getting down because, again, as a basketball junkie, I want to do everything. Yep. Well, we got to do this and we got to do this and yep. we got to do that and we got to do this and we got to – no. What really matters, and again, it's getting everything down to what really matters to you. Yep. You know, so, you know, for ex- for example, um, you know, on, on offense, right, 
um, you know, I, va- I value like pace of play. Mm-hmm. You know, so what are three things that we're going to look at? And, and so it was sprint, one second decisions, side top side reversals. That's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you could talk about you know we're going to run this or do this or, but now I'm just going to get it to like two to three things. That's it. Mm-hmm. And then once we're done with that, you know, we can, you know, the rest of it. I I'm okay not being as great at the rest of it because again it's one of those if you try to be great at every single thing you're not going to be great at anything absolutely absolutely what was uh you talked about identity um and and that seemed to jump out pretty quickly in your mind what was you know out of these and i don't know how many different subcategories that you you put out on this sheet uh but if identity was one of the top ones what was maybe uh, one or two of the other ones that you were like, ah, yeah, that one, you know, now that I've gone through this, uh, identity is one thing I could have done a heck of a lot better. What's one or two other things that, yeah, that's, that's, uh, man, if I really had a do over, that's one thing I really wish I could jump in on. Yeah. And you know, it's not on the sheet, but just like holding guys more accountable to our culture where I think I, I, probably spent too much time in sympathy for some of our guys and not enough time in empathy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like I understand you're struggling, but you can't behave like this. Yeah. It was more like, you know, I know what some of the things are going on in their lives. And so I'm kind of taking kid gloves with some guys when I should have just said, Hey, look, I, I know you got a lot going on, but understand that you know, you're not right now. You're not, um, you know, behaving in a way that fits with our culture. So, Either you got to figure it out or you got to go, mm-hmm. you know. And, mm-hmm. and I think that was that was probably the biggest one that hurt us in the long run, um, and definitely one I'm going to do better here. Mm-hmm. You know, because again, you know, you live, you learn, you grow, right? Absolutely. But that was probably that, and then just not having an identity. And so that's something we're going to, you know, from an offensive and defensive standpoint of like, okay, what's a offense and a defense that we're going to run that when people you know, play Nova Classical, they know, okay, I got to be ready for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, because I think there's something to that, for, especially from a player standpoint of, like, who we are. I was lucky enough to coach for Mark Klingsborn at Tartan High School uh, in Minnesota, who is an absolute legend, and I would say is one of the best coaches that's ever, you know, coached high school basketball in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And, you know, his teams always play really hard. They defend, you know, I mean, they do some different things in offense, but it doesn't matter. Well, you know, like, you know, when you walk in and you see the Tartan Titans, that they're going to play hard and they're going to play great pressure man defense. Like, that's just who they are. Yeah. And they always have been, you know, for the last 30 years now. And, you know, just doing more of that. Like, when I got into Sibley, it was, well, I'm going to try this. I'm going to try this. Oh, that didn't work. I'm going to try this. And I'll say I'll say this. If, if Tartan has a bad year, he's not going to go to – like, he's not going to start playing – you know, two, three zone all the time because, well, it's not working right now. He's like, no, this is who we are. We got to do it better. Mm-hmm. Let's keep building that. So, mm-hmm. you know, that was kind of the, like the biggest things that I looked back and said, okay, I need to do these things better. Mm-hmm. And part of it was, you know, coming from the culture standpoint of defining the culture better. Because again, one of my, one of my flaws is trying to find the perfect thing. Mm-hmm. You know, so we changed a lot. Like, you know, the first year I kind of told them what we wanted to do. And then I got into this like player centered thing. So we spent two years of them kind of, you know, trying to identify what they wanted in the culture. And I don't think it was super effective. And, you know, and so now it's just like, okay, here's our culture. Here's what we're doing. 
and, and I've just made it like I'm not going to deviate from this. Yeah, it's yeah. not going to be perfect. There's going to be other things that we could do, but then you know you end up doing nothing and being about nothing. So mm-hmm. I'm really going to try to hold myself this time to you know in this job to like, here's what we do. We're, we're not going to change to try to you know find the next best thing. We're going to invest in the long term. Yeah, and and I think that's that's one of the the biggest adjustments and and i you know talked about this with another guy uh the the previous person that was on this pod uh you know you come in thinking being a head coach is about this and this and this where it's just more about anything uh, until you sell that vibe until you sell that culture until you sell that identity the x's and o's and all the other things and all the other brilliant ideas that you may have um are not going to uh, fall into place. And I think um, sometimes as first-time head coaches, we get focused on making it look great at the end, but we but we don't identify just the overall that we need to get before we can even starting to get that to look great. And I, and I don't, you won't be the first one that has fallen into that, John, and, and you won't be the last one that, that falls into that thing. And and, yeah, uh, it's and it's hard, you know. Like I, I know what we're gonna do offensively, and then you know I see the uh, there's a couple of guys on Twitter who put out a lot of great stuff on the Princeton. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one coach I can't I'm blanking on his name now. He's from I think he's from Century, okay. uh, and, and I can't remember. Um, I'm trying to think of his name. But he Dorsey is his last name. He puts out really great like stuff on five out in Princeton stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'll see his stuff. Oh man, maybe we should try to add that. And I said, again, I have to slap myself and just say, no, yeah. you know, don't, don't do it. It's, it's not what we're going to do, mm-hmm. you know, and for a number of reasons, like it's good stuff. But the, but the bottom line is you could run flex and be successful if you believe in it and, and teach it and run it. Mm-hmm. Or you could, you know, there's all kinds of other things, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I, you know, I just like, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to stick with it three to four years. Then we'll evaluate. Mm-hmm. But don't get sucked into the shiny thing because it's not the answer. Yeah. Do you find yourself now as you're combing through? To, because that's what we do. Uh, we're, we're driven people. We're competitive people. Yep. Um, but you find? Do you find yourself going? All right. That now that I've done this whole thing, that doesn't fit me. Therefore, boom, I'm moving on from it. Whereas two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. Uh, you would have, oh yeah, that looks good. And I think you've kind of valued, but has this process, now that you've done this, has this process made it easier for you to, uh, to narrow down that I'm going to, you know, hundred percent of this stuff is really, really good, but 90% of this doesn't fit me. Yes. And you know, one of the things I did was, you know, I purged a bunch of my notes, both from my computer and my, you know, my like physical collection. Um, you know, I, like to me now, if I'm going to take notes, I used to be a note taker. Like I have, I have literally hundreds of notebooks filled with notes on stuff. Mm-hmm. And so what I, what I do now is if it's not going to directly go into our program, I don't take notes on it. Mm-hmm. I might, the only, the only thing would be like, I, I know there's going to be some teams in our league that run some of this Princeton stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm talking to you, Coach Hopkins, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> you know, so I might take a little bit of notes on that for, like, scouting and defensive purposes. Yeah. But I'm not, like, 
like hanging on every word, writing hundreds of, you know, hundreds of like, you know, lines and notes because we're going to run this. Yep. Like, okay, I know what we're going to run. If it doesn't pertain to that, I'm not going to write it down. Mm-hmm. You know, like we had, and I was felt bad, but you know, we did a, a bunch of buddies did a zoom call a while back and there was a lot of great stuff and had like three or four lines of notes. I was like, Oh, okay. Like, th- you know, this doesn't really, it doesn't pertain to what we're going to do. So I'm just going to listen and, and it was good stuff, but I'm not going to write it down. Cause we're not, you know, I'm trying to get more laser focused on getting great at what we're doing. Yep. If that makes sense. No, no thousand percent. And, and I love the perspective. I think, uh, you know, and again, I relate to it because essentially that's, that's what you're talking about is something similar to what I did with my couple of years off and, and it has helped me, uh, you know, what you're talking about is a lot of the same qualities that, that, that I went through or, uh, experienced. And I, I feel like I'm much clearer at this point than I was, Two years ago, three years ago, five years ago, about the direction that we want to go with things, and and so I, I well, that's I, good I, to hear because yeah, I feel the same. Yep, yep. And so that's exactly why I wanted you to come on is to talk about this. And as you're getting ready for practice to start on Monday, you're laser focused and you know exactly where you want to take your new group. And and I'm excited to see where you're going to be at in at the end of this season, at the end of uh, season two, at the end of season three, and, and to see where this process takes you. Cause I think it would, I, I think you're, you're on the right track, my friend. Thanks. I appreciate that. You know, and again, I'm, I'm lucky in that. I think this is, you know, we have really good admin here. I haven't really got to meet many of the, the players yet, but the ones I have are fantastic people. And, you know, I think it's somewhere that, you know, if I do a better job than I did at Sibley, we can, you know, we can build this thing into, into something really special. So I'm, I'm excited to get going. Awesome. Awesome. Social media coach, if there's anything you want to plug here, you talked about a video chat on Sunday night. Uh, you know, what, what do you got for us here? I, it, you know, I guess the video chat, we're, I'm planning on dropping this Monday morning. So the video chat, yeah, will be yeah, available, yeah, so, so my, my Twitter handle is at John J O H N carrier, C A R R I E R 42. Um, you know, I'm probably on there way too much, but I love, I just love like engaging with people and talking about basketball on there. And, you know, one of the most fun things is I I know I don't really know a whole hell of a lot. So it's really fun to just be on there and listen to coaches and, and, you know, have discussions and arguments and, you know, grow there. It's, you know, probably the best PD that, that somebody can get. So I'm on there a lot. So if, you know, if you're listening and you want to argue about basketball or talk some strategy, definitely give me a follow. Hey, it is a very good follow. I, I I love a lot of the stuff that you put out there, including your barbecuing tips as well. <laughs> yeah, you know that's something I picked up over the pandemic. That's been a lot of fun too. So very good, very good. Well, Coach, thanks so much for coming on today. Uh, thanks for coming on the quick. I, I, I'm I'm finally glad I, I got you roped into coming on, even if it was for a, a short spot here. But thanks so much for being on here today. Hey, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. All right, have a good one, Coacher. All right, take care. Yep. And that will wrap up our quick hitter podcast. I hope you enjoyed all the guests that I had on here uh, for this quick hitter podcast. It was a, a new idea. I wanted to try something new, something different to put out for folks. And and this is just basketball nerd stuff uh, from beginning to end here. And I hope that uh, the coaches that came on here, you were able to pick something up from not just one, but but all of them, even if it's just a sliver or two. Uh, that would be 
terrific for you guys. I hope this this is uh, something that helps everybody out here. So uh, thanks for listening. You're on iTunes or SoundCloud. Um, you know, keep listening. Give us a five star review. Forward this out to anybody that might be interested. Uh, follow us on Twitter, a pen and a napkin. Uh, we try to put out daily coaching tidbits. Uh, during the season here, it's been a lot harder. Uh, you know, you guys know how it is, especially over Christmas break. You get those uh, days where you got to watch film for three, four, five hours or so, getting ready for the next opponent or two and developing your own thing. But we try to put out stuff on a daily basis. And please, please, please reach out to me either on Twitter or email me, a pen and a napkin at gmail.com. Let me know what you thought of this concept, this idea of this quick hitter podcast, having multiple guests on, narrowing it down to one topic per guest. I'm really interested to see what you guys think about this. I want feedback on this. And if you think it stinks, that's okay. I'm good with that as well. Um, you know, So please let me know, either via the Twitter handle or a pen and a napkin at gmail.com to let me know what you thought of uh, today's podcast and, and, and what, what I put out there for this. Uh, again, ttroops.com backslash A-P-A-A-N. You won't regret getting a subscription to ttroops.com. Uh, look it up. It's, it's a great resource that you can use to help yourself out as well. Uh, coaches, it's been a privilege here. Uh, as always, let's stay safe. Let's pray for peace. And let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time.